All right, let's talk about new construction spec houses today. Um, that's one request that I get a lot is, how do you get into that? How do you build a new construction spec house? Um, that's the bulk of what I've done over my career when it comes to new construction is infill development, spec house development, where you take uh, mature neighborhoods and you find a lot uh, in, in the middle of a, a built out mature neighborhood and, and you build a house on it, or you tear something down, whether it's a building or another house that has multiple lots on it. And, uh, and then you build new houses on it, or maybe there's a house that you buy that has some lots or a lot uh, that comes with it. And then you subdivide that off and sell the house off and then build something back on the other, other lots that remain. So I've done all of those things and uh, they're a lot of fun. It's a great niche to be in. So uh, where you need to start is just like anything else. You need to evaluate the market, find an area that you wanna be in where uh, there's big demand, um, where people wanna buy houses, where people wanna live. Uh, obviously all the metrics on that are school districts, um, shopping, things like that. Uh, and then you can get into the outskirts and rural areas in some locations and it's a price point thing when you start getting outside of uh, more populated areas and city demographics. Um, you know, sometimes you get outside there and, and it gets more affordable for the land and for the housing. So that could be a good niche as well. But uh, for me, I've always, I've always played close to the demand areas, close in um, and focused on those areas. So it's a little bit higher end. Most of the spec houses that I've built in my career have been in the 400,000 uh, range plus or minus from a out sale standpoint. So uh, you want to evaluate the area, you want to evaluate the, the neighborhoods you want to be in, where the demand is, you want to know who your buyers are, what they're looking for. And those are easy things to track. You also want to know how many, uh, how many properties are on the market currently, how many houses, how long have they been on the market, how many are on, uh, under contract, how long were they on the market, how many have sold, and how long were they on the market, and what did they sell for list price uh, to asking price. Um, so you want to know those things in order to really drill down and know what kind of market you have. And ideally you want to be in a market where stuff is selling in less than 30 days. Um, and then you want to look around at your competition. So you're going to be facing competition in most areas from national and regional home builders. Then there's also going to be other local developers that are doing infill uh, spec house development. So search the MLS. If you, if you don't have MLS access and you don't have an agent that is working with you or for you, then you can use Zillow. And uh, you want to look at what's going on around you, what type of houses are being built, who's building them. If you're not a general contractor, um, you know, you need to hire a, a licensed general contractor to do the project for you. So you want to start the process by identifying your market. You want to locate uh, general contractors that are building the type of house you want to build. So you don't want to go to a general contractor that builds $500,000 million houses to build a $200,000 house and vice versa. You don't want to go to a guy that's building $200,000 houses and have them build a $500,000 to a million dollar house. So you want to find a builder who's building the product at the price point that you're looking for, that that's what they do. Uh, they do a number of them. They have volume. They've got a good sub base. Uh, and talk to them, find out what they're doing, what the costs are, things like that. They'll tell you what what the uh, houses that they're building are currently costing so you can run your numbers. Typically, you don't want to be more than 20 to 25% of the value of the house in your land unless you're just in a really different kind of area where uh, land prices are significantly higher because it's just in, a, in, a, in an area of high demand. On average, most uh, subdivisions you want to be 20-25%. Uh, That's what the home builders pay for lots. So if you're developing land, uh, that's what you can expect to sell those lots for to a home builder. If the houses are going to sell four or five hundred thousand, then the lots are eighty to a hundred thousand plus or minus, you know, in that range. Um, some might pay a little less, some might pay a little bit more. It just depends on how hot the market is and, uh, you know, how hungry the builders are. But for your purposes, you want to target that 20, 25 percent. And that's really going to be your profit in the whole deal. At the end of the day, 
when you build a new construction spec house, your goal is to make 20 to 30% on that uh, after repair value, if you, if you will, um, the appraised value of that property. So you gotta buy the lot, build the house, sell it, and you want to have a 20 to 30 percent margin the closer to 30 to better if you're a 20 that's okay uh, newer always sells faster it's always in more demand um, and then you really want to know what to do in terms of the finishes and and you know don't try to get crazy you want to keep it neutral you want to keep it uh, unoffensive so that you can you can um, reach a broad range of the market you don't want to give anybody any reason to say no uh, whenever you're looking at a project, uh, whether it's a flip or new construction, you never want to give anybody a reason to say no. You want to try to appeal to everybody and, uh, and, and don't try to just be crazy and set the world on fire and, and just overbuild. Okay, You want to build to the market. You want to deliver more for less. That's how you make money in the business. That's how you get properties moved quickly. Um, so once you've identified your market, you've found a builder, you've taken a look at what is selling, the floor plans, the type of finishes, things like that. Don't reinvent the wheel, just look at what's selling, what's popular. That's easy to identify through Zillow and through uh, realtor listings. And um, you know, then, then the next step is to find land. And there's a number of ways to find, find land. You can, some cities and, and counties have tax databases that you can sort and you can find vacant land and you can mail them or call them. I've done that my whole career. I've farmed vacant land is what we call it, farming for vacant land. So you mail them, um, you call them, you can talk to wholesalers that are out there in the game and, and say, hey, if they come across any land, let you know, you'll pay them a finder's fee or you know if they're dealing with other sellers that, that may have lots in different areas. If you're a wholesaler and uh, you're watching this and you wanna you know generate some more business, don't let those land deals go. Find people that are building houses and looking for lots. You can wholesale those off as well. Uh, so you got to find the land to build on. Then once you get it, and if it's a teardown, that's the other thing. You can also look for houses that can be torn down and multiple lots underneath of them. I do those all the time or buildings. So if you find something like that, you really need to talk to the city and drill down on the requirements. Some areas require you to put sidewalk, curb, and gutter in. Some areas re require you to take all the utilities back to the main, like the sewer and the water line. Sometimes they'll make you take that back to the main and tap in there. Uh, that can be expensive. Sometimes you have to put manholes in. Sometimes you have to put fire hydrants in. So you really want to talk to the public works and uh, the utilities departments uh, before you uh, move forward and close on that land or close on that house so that you know what those costs are going to be. You also want to check into your permit fees, find out what all your permit fees, your tap fees, uh, if there's any impact fees, anything like that. They can be significant in a lot of areas. You want to understand and know what those costs are. And then you're going to have to have a local architect or engineer more than likely um, if you buy a set of house plans off the internet you're gonna to have to get somebody to kind of modify that um, so the best thing to do is to find a local house designer architect or engineer to, to help you with your project and again your general contractor you can find a design build general contractor that's doing these things that will uh, do that process for you and help you with all that uh, so that you can you can get that thing done and then uh, you want to make sure that you have a complete uh, contract and specs from the builder. You want to talk to two or three builders. You want to get, uh, you know, get some pricing from two or three different builders. You want to develop a relationship. Find somebody who's your go-to builder uh, that can knock these things out for you and uh, develop a good relationship. But you want to make sure you've got a good contract with specifications. Make sure they're licensed and insured. Um, you know, check out their product. Talk about talk to some of the homeowners that they built for. Some of the people that bought the houses. Uh, and you know, make sure you've got somebody that has some good experience that's been in the business for a while. Things like that. And then, uh, you know, if you're using a bank, um, they're going to help you with draw schedules and things like that. The bank's going to have a draw schedule and uh, they're going to wire the draws directly to the builder based on completion. Typically, a builder is going to need a working capital deposit of about 10% of the house. So if it's a $300,000 build, they're going to need $30,000 down. Usually that comes from you. Your bank might release it if you're in the land. Um, uh, you know, if you pay cash for the land and you're using that and it's a finance deal. 
Um, the other thing too is if you're using a bank, make sure you've got a, um, a uh, construction to perm. Uh, a lot of banks have that product for spec houses so that if it doesn't sell, it converts to a permanent mortgage after a year and then you can rent it out uh, so that you can cover yourself there if it doesn't sell on the financing side. If you're paying cash and you're doing this with cash, you know, same thing, you want to get a, um, you want to make sure you're secured in the property, um, you know, with a, uh, uh, if you're working with somebody, a note and deed of trust, if you're just using your own cash, you want to make sure that you're insured, uh, that the, the builder's risk is in place, that you've got all the property in, proper insurance. And then again, you want to act like a bank. You want to get a draw schedule from the builder or from, you could talk to a local lender and, and uh, ask them for their draw schedule. And you want to make sure that you're, you're paying per completion. You know, once you give the deposit, they have to get to a certain point and you pay based on a percentage of completion of the project and, um, you know, make sure that you, you retain 10% until all of the uh, project is complete and then maybe a final 5% for all the punch work, depending on what needs to be done, things like that. The final walkthrough from your buyer, uh, you want to make sure you're covered there and, and you've got, you know, the warranties in place and things like that. Copy of the builder's warranty, all that kind of stuff. But that's a great little business model. It's something that can be put on autopilot and that you can scale. Uh, because if you find a good builder that can handle volume, well, they'll take care of everything for you. They do it all turnkey. Uh, you don't want to be going to Lowe's and Home Depot and, and Plumbing Supply and picking that stuff out. Uh, you want to let the builder supply it and let all his subs supply everything. That way, they're responsible for it from the time it gets ordered till the time it gets installed, and then they have to warranty it. If you're going and buying fixtures on your own, even if they're installing it, they're not going to warranty the fixture. You're going to have to deal with it if something breaks or something goes wrong. So it really doesn't cost you that much to let them handle that, that aspect of the, uh, of the project so that you don't have to worry about any kind of warranty issues, any callbacks. It's all on the builder and their subcontractors. They, they handle it 100%. You're out, you're on to the next project. And you can really automate that and scale it so that your sole uh, focus is going to be on finding uh, good properties, finding good projects, and then keeping that pipeline full and getting them sold. That's your, really your job on the back end. And if you've got a realtor, then you can, you can have that realtor do a lot of that for you, help you find deals, get all your deals sold. All you're really doing at that point is arranging financing, whether you're borrowing from a bank, using cash, or doing, uh, you know, having investors in your projects. And uh, that's another great way to do it. If you, need, if you need investors, you give them a note and deed of trust. They're just like a bank. And you give them a, a fixed interest rate. So they get like a seven, you know, six, seven, eight percent preferred return, uh, meaning they're just like a bank. It's an interest only note annualized. So if you're borrowing for the land and for the house, um, you just pay them a, a, you know, a fixed return on that when the house sells. So if it takes a year and you borrow $300,000, you pay them 24 grand back at closing. That's a great way to do it. It's real simple for everybody. It keeps the investor uh, simple and happy. Most people will do that for about 8%. Once you get really good and you have a good track record, you might be able to get that down to seven or six. But you know, eight to 10 starting out uh, is what most people are gonna expect as a preferred return. You're not guaranteeing returns. You can't do that. You're providing a preferred return. They're a private lender. They're, you're giving them a note and deed of trust. That way, um, uh, you know, everything is clean and, and they're protected, you're protected and uh, they know what their interest return is going to be. You just got to make sure that you've got enough margin in the house. If you've got that 20, 30% after all your closing costs, uh, interest carry, all of that, uh, you want to make sure that you have that profitability in there. So uh, it's really that simple. That's how you build a new construction spec house and how you do infill development. I've done a lot of those in my career and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they can be challenging, uh, but if you do your due diligence up front, find out what all your utility requirements are, what all your public works requirements are, all your building permit requirements, uh, and all the costs associated with all that, all the way down to the power company. You wanna start, make sure you know what the power company is gonna need in your area, where they're gonna locate, where you need to locate the meter, where the power is gonna come from, how much that's gonna cost. 
um, you know, you just don't want to have issues where you get down to the end of the house and you got to move the meter because the power's coming from the wrong side of the house or something like that. So um, that is new construction spec house and infill development in a nutshell. I wish you uh, luck on your projects. And if you have any questions, just uh, leave a comment or reach out to me and uh, I can uh, answer those questions and maybe shoot some more videos uh, based on those questions that we're getting. But this was a big one on the new construction spec house, uh, how to do it, how to go about it. I, I recommend if you're not a builder, hire a professional general contractor that builds the kind of houses you wanna build. Uh, if you're not a realtor, find a great realtor uh, to do uh, all the heavy lifting for you on the buy side and the sell side of your lots or, or buildings or whatever, help you find some properties and, and just outsource the thing. That way you can, you can focus on enjoying yourself and enjoying the projects and, not micromanaging and picking out fixtures and all that. I mean, it's okay to pick them out. You just don't want to be supplying that stuff and, and buying that stuff and things like that. So we already covered that. But uh, anyways, it can be a very good, enjoyable business. You can scale it, grow it, and do a lot of volume and have a lot of fun with it. And you can make a lot of money doing these things. So um, happy hunting, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Have a great day.